0: Act Two of Daniel Drews Blacksmith by W. S. Gilbert. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two, Scene: The interior of a picturesque old forge. The forge is open at the back, and Druce's cottage is seen through opening. There is a path off. Daniel Druce, a hearty-looking old man of sixty-four is discovered hammering lustily at a piece of red-hot iron on his anvil. DANL laying down his hammer. Phew!
1: That job's done, eh? But I'm that breathed surely. Why, Danel Druse, if thou'rt worked out like this at twelve o' noon, it's time you thought of getting a partner into the old forge. But somehow the forge fire seems to strike hotter than o' yore, and the iron of today takes more hammering than the iron a thirty year ago maybe i'm growing old well a body can't hope to live sixty-four a year and leave off a young un arter all twouldn't be fair on the boys no nor the gals neither eh dorothy
2: and a dorothy running oh father thou should see the green by Rabby's end the village is brave with banners and garlands i have helped to deck it father and master maynard the constable is mounted on an ale cask to receive sir jasper Combe, who should pass on his way to Combe raven in half an hour and the band of music hath arrived from norwich and they are all on ale casks too and they are to play stirring music while the constable readeth an address to his worship
1: it is a merciful provision dorothy lest the address be heard so sir jasper will be here in half an hour eh
2: yes and i long to see him i have heard that he is a grave gentleman of goodly presence and beyond measure kindly he is a righteous landlord too so folks say and giveth largely to the poor
1: he is needed in these parts for the poor were sorely used by the late squire i shall be right glad to welcome him but wearily i'll not go to rabies end to do it
2: sits on stool Art thou wearied, father?
1: Growing old, lass, growing old. It's one of those blessings that Alice comes to him that waits long enough. But I don't grumble, Dorothy. If old age will leave me strength enough to pull at a pipe and empty a tankard, two things thou canst not do for me, Dorothy, why, that's all I ask. My lass can do the rest.
2: As I have been to thee, so will I be to the end
1: there's no saying dorothy thou art comely lass and maybe ere long some smart young lad will whip thee from my arms and carry thee away to t'other side of the sunrise there's more'n one within a mile o this who would give his right arm to do it now
2: nay thou art unkind did i not tend thee when thou wast hale and strong and shall i desert thee now that thou hast most need of me
0: Danil with emotion
1: my lass heaven knows i never needed thee more than when thou wast left up my hut fourteen years since but i've news to gladden thee Thine old playmate geoffrey wynyard is returned from sea and is now on his road from large to see thee
2: geoffrey returned oh i am right glad oh indeed father i am right glad truly thou hast brought me fair news And is he well, and hath he prospered?
1: Aye, and growed out a knowledge. He was but a long-legged lad when he left, But he's a man now, and a goodly one, I warrant thee. See to him when he cometh, for he'll bide here wi us.
0: After a pause.
1: My darling, thou'lt never leave me?
2: Never while I live.
1: God bless thee, my child
2: kisses her and exit geoffrey returned and geoffrey a stalwart mariner and grown to man's estate i can scarce believe it of a truth i could weep for very joy i was but a child when he left and now i am seventeen geoffrey loved children it may be that he will be displeased with me now that i am a woman i am rejoiced that i am decked in my new gown it is more seemly than the russet in which methinks i did look pale geoffrey a man my old playmate a man pity that i have not my new shoes for they are comely but they do compress my feet and so pain me sorely nevertheless i will put them on for it behoveth a maiden to be neatly apparelled at all
0: seasons enter geoffrey
3: mistress dorothy
0: dorothy turning she starts, Geoffrey, oh Geoffrey, she rushes towards him,
3: Mistress Dorothy, I am right, glad to hold thy little hand once more. I have had this moment in view for many, many months,
2: and I too, Master Geoffrey, and oh, I am indeed rejoiced,
3: how thou art grown, a woman, by my right hand, a very woman
2: yes master Geoffrey, i am a woman now
3: and a fair one mistress dorothy
2: she turns
3: nay it is but truth and truth is made to be told may i not say that thou art fair
2: yes master Geoffrey, if thou thinkest so in good sooth
3: in good sooth i do it is strange to be back in the old village again after three years of blue water yet it seems but yesterday that we tossed hay together in the five-acre field
2: i think the time must speed more swiftly with those who seek their fortunes in distant lands for though i have been happy and full of content yet it seemeth more than three years since thy departure
3: yet barely three years have gone
0: dorothy sighing it seemeth more
3: the time hath sped with me despite the long night-watches and the never-ending days of a calm tropical sea for no hour is so long with that i can fill it with thoughts of thee mistress dorothy
2: i am rejoiced to know this for my mind has often dwelt on thy fortunes many a time when the old forge rocked in the wintry gale my heart has been sad for thee and i have lain awake weeping and praying for 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 me for all who go down to the sea in ships.
3: In truth, if the sea had no of the charm, I would be a sailor, that I might have thy prayers, Mistress Dorothy.
2: Nay, but if it consisted with thy duty to abandon thy perilous calling, and bide here with us for ever, my poor prayers would still be thine, Master Geoffrey. But thou lovest the sea. sighing.
3: All sailors love the sea.
2: It is strange, for the sea is cold and cruel and fierce, and many brave men are yearly swallowed up of it.
3: Dorothy, I love the sea dearly. There is but one love that is strong in my heart, one love for which I would yield it up for ever and ever. Dear Dorothy, I have loved thee, boy and man, for ten years past, and I shall love thee come what may through my life. I came here today to tell thee this. I thought how to say it, but all that I thought of is gone. It's my heart that's speaking now and not my tongue. Bear with me, Dorothy, for every hope of my life, every waking and sleeping dream of ten years past, is in the words I'm speaking now.
2: Oh, Geoffrey, Geoffrey, I know not what to say.
3: Fear not for thy father, for I will quit the sea sir jasper has offered to make me his secretary and that is why i have come but say nay and i must needs go to sea again
2: oh Geoffrey, let me think let me think do i love thee i cannot say it may be that i do and yet thou must not go to sea oh i have given no thought to it truly thou art dear to me for i am rejoiced when thou comest and i am sorely grieved when thou goest is that love
3: dorothy let us inquire into this
2: right willingly for if i love thee i would fain know it that i might gladden thine heart by telling thee so
3: then attend to me sweetheart while i paint a picture for thee we will suppose that i have given up the sea that i have bought a little farm near at hand and that i have come to live here close to thee and thy father for the rest of my life canst thou see the picture i am painting
2: ay it is a pleasant picture
3: living here close to thee i naturally see thee very often
2: dorothy pleased every day
3: twice maybe thrice a day for my horses need much shoeing and i always bring them to the forge myself is that pleasant
2: very pleasant and on sabbath thou takest me to church
3: Save only when some other village gallant is beforehand with me and offers to escort thee thither, and in such case I am fain to take farmer such a one's daughter instead.
2: Nay, that were needless, for I would have no other escort than thou.
3: Yet it behooves one to be neighbourly, and if farmer such a one says to me, Come and see Susan, for she's lonely and wants cheering. Susan? That's the farmer's daughter.
2: Is she fair?
3: Very fair what then
2: why then thou wouldst not go geoffrey slyly and wherefore not wherefore not oh well wherefore not indeed go to susan if thou wilt geoffrey it is not for me to hinder thee
3: well then i would not go and so we live on happy very very happy for say a year but a change is at hand My crops fail, my cattle die, and one evil night my homestead is burnt to the ground, and I am penniless. Oh! So there is nothing for it but to go to sea again, for three long years.
2: No, no, Geoffrey, oh no!
3: The time of parting draws near. A few weeks, a few days, a few hours. These few hours we have passed in silence, sitting hand in hand, thou and I. There are tears in my eyes, though I strive to check them, and there are sad thoughts in thine heart also. Well, at last the horse is at the door, and it is time to go. I am at thy porch, one foot in stirrup, one hurried God speed, and I am gone.
2: Oh no, no, Geoffrey, I cannot bear it.
3: Months pass by and no news of me. The village seems blank at first without me. The walks to church seem long and lonely, and the evening sad and cheerless. At last come tidings of a wrecked ship. Thine heart beats quickly, for the name of the ship is the name of mine. Of all the crew, but one man is saved, and that man's name is not Geoffrey Winyard, for Geoffrey has gone down to his death in the dark waters.
0: Dorothy, rising throwing her arms around him no
2: no geoffrey be silent i cannot bear it i cannot bear it i cannot
0: bear it have mercy for i cannot bear it
3: and dost thou love me
0: dorothy bashfully hiding her head in his bosom oh geoffrey pause
3: art thou happy there dorothy
0: passing happy and thou
3: passing happy
0: he places a ring on her finger. Oh, Geoffrey, what is this?
3: A ring that I have brought thee from Venice, where there are cunning workers in such matters. Let it stay there in earnest of another ring of plainer workmanship that is not beyond the craft of our English goldsmith to fashion.
2: But I know not if I may wear it. It is a vanity, but it is very beautiful. See how it shineth? Oh, pity I may not wear it. For in truth it is very beautiful.
3: Thou hast a silver chain with thy mother's locket on thy neck. Wear it on thy chain. Will it be a vanity if it is concealed beneath thy kerchief?
2: Nay, for none will know of it.
0: Withdraws a silver locket from her bosom. See,
2: the clasp will not hold them both. Stay, the locket shall be thine, and thy ring
0: shall take its place. Detaches locket and gives it to him. He kisses her. Enter Daniel Druze. They stand confused. Daniel, after a pause, sighs deeply.
1: Ah, tell me about it, my pretty. Master well, Daniel, I... No, lad, no, not from thee. I'd lief I hear it from my
0: pretty. Dorothy, going to him and putting her arms round his neck, dear father Geoffrey hath told me that he loveth me and would fain take
2: me to be his wife
1: ay ay lass go on
2: he loveth me very dearly father and will quit the sea to bide with us here go on he loveth me so dearly that it would sadden his life if i were to wed with another well so dear father as i would not cause him sorrow i will not wed with another
0: hiding her face on his shoulder
1: so soon so soon nay hang there a bit longer my lass for thou'rt all i have and thou art going from me o'er soon and of thine own free will dorothy ah dorothy the hope and stay of my poor old life my saving angel my saving angel it's hard to part with thee dorothy He will not love thee as I love thee.
0: With an effort.
1: I'm but a thankless man. It was to be, and twould better fit me to rejoice that thou hast found a brave and honest man to tend thee when I am gone. Get thee within, and dry thine eyes. I'll do thy weeping for thee, Dorothy.
0: Exit Dorothy into the cottage.
1: It's come sudden, my lad. "'It's come sudden, and I don't rightly know how to shift without her. "'She's been more than life to me, Dolly has. "'I was a hard and bitter man when she was left with me, fourteen years since, for I'd been cruelly warped, cruelly warped. "'But when things are at their worst, like as not thou mend. "'And from the time my darling was sent to me, by a miracle as then I thought, for i'd been brought up among folk to see a miracle in most everything a change crept over me and bit by bit my cruel old heart growed soft again i was a foul-tongued fellow then but i couldna swear a foreign angel come straight from heaven i was cruel and hard but i couldna sit glowering at mankind with her little arms round my neck and her soft cheek agin my wicked old face then it come about that dolly must be taught her bible but i had no bible so with a shamefaced lie on my tongue i borrowed a good book and we spelled it out together and then is the time as the old half-forgotten words come back to me bit by bit and i called to mind when i first learned her as child i laid my head down on the book and wept like a woman and as it was for me god help me to teach her right from wrong i learned as i taught and the light come to us together the old man and the little child and as she growed in knowledge my right self growed in strength and such as I am, hale, hearty, and happy, living by the sweat of my brow, owing no man, fear in none, and love in all. Why, she has made me. God bless her.
3: And thou hast never seen her father since?
1: No, though for years I never passed a strange face, but I peered into it, for I knowed every line of his, though so I never heard his name, knowed it why, it burned in my eyeballs, so that I see it in the dark, I seed it everywhere, I seed it in the forge, and be sure I raked it out, I seed it red-hot on my anvil, and be sure I hammered with a will. After a while, but it was a weary while, the thought came that mayhap he had perished in the gale, so I thought less about it, and Dolly seemed more like my own yet the old fear comes back odd times and oh geoffrey it's like enough she'll be taken from me yet
0: enter
2: dorothy from cottage o father a gentleman whose horse hath cast a shoe hath need of thy services in the yard
1: a gentleman eh
2: it is master reuben haynes sir jasper's bailiff he passed this way twice to prepare for Sir Jasper's arrival, but that was when thou wast away at Norwich.
1: And what manner of man is he?
2: A strange man, full of unmeaning jests, who maketh faces at me which doth fright me much, and he rolleth his eyes in a manner fearful to behold.
1: A town fashion, Dolly. who knows? <laughs> Take no heed of his faces, make him welcome. There's no foreseen. It may serve us one day to stand well with the bailiff. Come, Geoffrey, and lend me a hand. I'll see to his
4: horse.
0: Geoffrey kisses Dorothy and exit with Daniel. Enter Reuben in riding dress from cottage.
4: Good morrow, pretty mistress Dorothy. We have not forgotten one another, I see. And how time sped with thee since I saw thee last? as it crept crawled drawled dragged and dawdled for lack of a certain merry old man who whiled away a certain half-hour with thee two months since with curious quip quaint retort and surprising conundrum dost thou remember that half-hour dorothy i do in the course of it i said many rare things to thee complimentary and insinuating things of amatory significance and connubial import neatly disguised or as one may say embalmed in an outer husk of delicate epigram and thou didst listen ye gods how thou didst listen i love a good listener
2: sir i do indeed remember your coming but as for your sayings i was silent for i understood them not
0: is-is sir jasper at hand and a Daniel drews unobserved at Beck.
4: he will be here anon some village clowns are plaguing him with an address a scurvy long one and written very false jingle i heard the first lines thereof it began sir jasper coombe to welcome you we do as much as we can do here live and die to house and tomb we welcome you sir jasper coombe it did so move me to laughter that sir jasper who has no sense of the ridiculous did order me to ride on but i doubt not that even he is laughing heartily thereat by this time Daniel,
0: who has heard the last few lines, nay, sir, but if Sir Jasper
1: deserve all that men say of him, he will scarcely hold in scorn that which poor humble folks have written his praise.
0: Reuben to Dorothy, who
4: is this old gentleman? I am Daniel Druce,
1: no gentleman, but a hard-working blacksmith, very much at your honour's service.
0: Looking at him.
1: I was away when you last come to the village, yet I think I've seen your honour's face.
4: It is very like. It is a striking face. I don't like it myself, but others do, so I yield to the majority. It is a good face.
1: I cannot recall where I have seen it.
4: It signifieth not. Thou wilt have plenty of time to study it. For thou wilt see it every quarter day whilst thou livest. Despite its inherent goodliness, it will come to be a face of evil significance to thee, speaking as it will of raised rents, rapid distraint, and uncompromising ejection.
1: I am a punctual tenant, sir, and I fear no man. Dorothy, draw this gentleman's mail while I look to his horse
4: exit and take thy time for we are very well thus eh dorothy
0: dorothy going
4: nay do not go i never eat the ale i'd rather take a long look at thy pretty face than a long pull at thy village brew the one is sweet i know the other is sour i'll swear come hither dorothy
2: nay sir i
4: i have news to tell thee dorothy thou art a kind of wife of mine for i have in a manner married thee intellectually and reflectively or as one may say in a mental or moral sense have i married thee i have as it were invented thee as my wife and the invention is none the less mine because a scurvy mechanic to wit the parson has not yet hammered in the rivets aside a quip
2: sir i do not rightly understand thy talk but it seemeth to me that thou makest jest of solemn things
4: nay this time i am in earnest if thou wilt be my wife i will so cull thee coax thee cosset thee court thee cajole thee with deftly turned compliment pleasant whimsy delicate jest and tuneful madrigal i will so pleasantly perplex thee with quaint paradox entertaining aphorism false conclusion and contradiction in terms i will so edify thee with joyous anecdote tales of court and camp tales of love hate and intrigue tales of murder rapine and theft merry tales sad tales long tales short tales quip crank retort repartee and rejoinder that thy wedded life shall seem one never-ending honeymoon and thou shalt find but one fault with me that i clog thee with sweets
2: takes her round waist. nay sir i pray you remove your hand sir you are unmannerly i pray you
0: desist enter sir jasper dorothy runs to him oh sir defend me from this wicked man
5: why reuben haines thou art at thine old tricks again at our old tricks your honour harkey sirrah let bygones go by times are changed with me as thou knowest well and if thou valuest thy stewardship adapt thy morals to those of thy master if thou sayest or dost aught to anger this gentle maiden i lay my whip across thy shoulders as i have done oft-times ere this reuben aside we are
4: virtuous now but time was when we would have angered her in company
2: nay sir i pray you bear with him
0: reuben aside
4: she pleadeth for me bless her
5: pretty face she pleadeth for me has the rascal then found favour in thine eyes dorothy aside to sir
2: jasper oh no but whenever he cometh to the forge he saith such strange things and looketh at me with such strange looks that i fear he is sorely afflicted and not to be held accountable for his deeds
5: (laughs) ha 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 why in truth i sometimes think so too to reuben get thee to the inn sir we shall lie there to-night as for the whipping why the maiden's intercession hath saved thee this once she pleadeth for me bless their hearts they're all alike they all plead for me exit reuben and now pretty maiden tell me who art thou
2: so please your worship i am dorothy druce only daughter of daniel druce the blacksmith and your worship's tenant jasper looking kindly at her
5: he's a kind father to thee i'll be sworn
2: He is kind to me and to all. In very truth, I think he must be the best man in the whole world.
5: And thou tendest him very carefully?
2: Yes, indeed. I am with him from the rising of the sun to the going down thereof, and we love each other with a love that passeth all
0: telling. Jasper, after a pause.
5: Dorothy, I once had a little child who promised to grow up to be just such a pretty lass as thou but we we were separated many years ago and i have never seen her since oh
2: poor gentleman
5: poor indeed for i declare to thee dorothy that, that i would give all my substance were it ten times what it is to have her with me in my old age but though i have sought her high and low for many a weary year i found no tidings of her and so i must needs go on to the end a solitary old man uncared for and alone there's a doleful tale little dorothy
2: indeed it is passing sad and my heart bleeds for your worship i am even more grieved for thy daughter who hath lost the fostering care and guidance of so worthy a gentleman I am sure she would have loved your worship very dearly. Jesper
0: moved.
5: Uh, I know not. It it may be so, and yes, I showed myself but a careless and unloving father to her when we were parted. But her mother died of grief, and and I would fain make amends. I would fain make amends. Yes, Dorothy, it would have gone hard with me, but I would have made her love me.
0: Enter Daniel.
5: Who is this good fellow?
2: This is my father, of whom I spoke unto your worship. Father, this is Sir Jasper Combe.
1: At your worship's service, Sir Jasper. I've naught to say, sir, but what's been said by better men. Welcome to Coombe Raven. I'll go bail. My Dorothy said it already.
5: Indeed, she has given me a very kindly greeting, Master Deuce i was telling thy daughter how i came to be wifeless and childless and how desolate i am i envy thee thy good fortune in having so fair a little nurse to cosset thee in thine old age take heed though that she does not taken from thee and at a brief notice too one of these days
0: during this speech daniel has gradually recognised sir Jasper. he is stupefied with terror and staggers back on anvil
5: I say, take care, but she be not taken from thee one of these days.
0: Daniel, still stupefied. By whom? Taken from me by whom?
5: <laughs> oh, never fear me, Donald, by some far younger man than I.
1: Ay, ay, to be married. Ah, uh, maybe, maybe.
0: Father is odd amiss. Daniel, faintly.
1: No lass,
2: no... Take no heed of me.
0: Dorothy leading him to stool.
2: My father hath been working in the heat of the day, and he is faint.
0: Yes,
1: I've been working hard. Take no heed of me. I'm better now. I'm an old man, and weaker than O oh, you are. Take no heed.
5: I'll send thee strong wines that shall put the courage and strength of youth into thine eld heart, Donaldus there there bear up man and dorothy must come to the hall Donald. old bridget shall take good care of her and i own i should like to see how the old place would shine in the sunlight shed by so fair a little lady there be of good cheer man i did but jest when i spake of thy daughter leaving thee
1: ay ay thou didst but jest eh
5: why to be sure Aside. To think that those few light words should have so shaken him.
0: Looking at Dorothy.
5: Well, I can understand it.
0: To Daniel, after a pause.
5: Master Deuce, I am an old man now, and a, a very grave and sober old man, too. I had a fair young wife once. She had eyes like thy daughter's eyes. There's a strange whim in my head, but... I'm an old man, and, and, and may I kiss thy little daughter?
0: Daniel, much moved.
1: Aye, aye, thou, thou mayst kiss her if
5: thou wilt.
0: Dorothy goes up to Sir Jasper, who kisses her on the forehead.
5: God bless thee, maiden. Donald Deuce, I thank thee. Exit Sir Jasper.
2: Oh, father, didst thou hear? I am to go to the hall. I have heard that it is a goodly place, as big as a village, and bravely decked with velvets and rich silks and pictures and vast mirrors. Oh, I long to see the mirrors. Then the gardens are beyond everything fair to view, and there are deer in the park and a spacious lake and carriages and horses too. Oh, it must be brave to live in so fair a
0: place. Danu, in a broken voice,
2: why
1: dorothy these things are but vanities Oh, dorothy my darling be content with thy lot
2: nay father but indeed i envy not sir jasper i grieve to think how solitary the poor gentleman must be all alone in so vast a house with neither wife nor child to solace him in his old age
1: did he tell thee of his child
2: i speaking gravely yet kindly as of a sorrow still unhealed but when he told me how he lost the maiden many years ago and how he has vainly sought her ever since my heart yearned to him for the tears glistened in his eyes methinks a daughter must needs love such a father for he is a noble gentleman
1: nay thou knowest him not he did not deal rightly by the girl He left her to perish, to perish, Dolly, that he might save his own life. He is rightly served. The sins of his youth are visited upon him in his old age. It is just, it is just. I would not have quitted thee, my child, my child.
2: In truth I am very sure of that. I cannot think there is in this world peril or necessity so dire as to part us, Twain.
1: Thou never leave me, Dolly never come what may
0: come what may he kisses her exit Dorothy. daniel looking after her
1: oh it's hard arter so long for the heart of my body is not so dear to me as yon poor little girl oh dolly it cannot be right it cannot be right thou'st taken to me as a father if thou wast my own flesh and blood thou couldst not be dearer to me nor i to thee and now arter so long it cannot be right enter
3: geoffrey why oh, master Druce, thou hast tears in thine eyes
1: ay lad and cause for in my heart geoffrey there's a heavy blow come on me I- I told thee of the cruel, thankless Thara who left my girl with me, my Dorothy, thy Dorothy. Yes? I, I have seen him, Geoffrey, here, here. I have seen him, him as thou'rt here to meet. That's Dolly's father. Sir Jasper? Impossible. Yes, I tell thee, t'was him. He didn't know me. But I knowed him. Geoffrey, my only hope lies with thee. Thou must wed Dorothy, I at once too. He cannot take her from thee, and we will all go hence to a place of safety. To morrow, tomorrow
0: Geoffrey, after a pause.
3: Master Druce, thou art a tender hearted, right doing man, and it's not for a boy like me to shape thy course. Why, what dost thou mean? if this man sir jasper combe is indeed her father
1: her father he cast her from him he left her to perish her father heaven had given him the richest treasure that heaven can give and he flung it into my lap as he'd fling a coin to a beggar the trust that he forsook i took up the child that he plucked from his bosom I took to mine, there let it bide, Geoffrey Winyard. there let it bide. Yet, bethink thee,
3: the poor lone gentleman hath paid a bitter price for his wickedness, and though he did a cruel and reckless thing in abandoning her, yet grief and penitence have wrought a great change in him, and the laws of heaven and of man give him right over her that none
1: may gainsay. And have I earned no right in these fourteen years? Why, think what she is to me, what we are to each other. She has vouchsafed me her love, and for it I kneel down and worship her. She has turned my heart to man, and for it I kneel down and worship her. She has shown me the truth, and for it I kneel down and worship her. We are life and death, body and soul all in all to each other and now thou wouldst have me say to this unworthy man here is the daughter thou didst abandon in thy peril for fourteen years i have rid her as mine own but as thou didst beget her so take her i did but hold her in trust for thee that thou mightst reclaim her when it seemed good to thee to do so it might be that this is my duty Geoffrey Winyard." But I cannot do it. I cannot do it.
3: Thy case is a hard one. It is not for me to judge.
1: Thou hast rightly said it is not for thee to judge. Moreover, bethink thee thou lovedst her. If this man her father reclaims her, he will take her from thee, and raise her to a station as far above thine as thine is above her's. Are thou so
3: sure that Sir Jasper is indeed her father?
1: That's true, that's very true. I know not that he is her father. I cannot tell that. We judge men by their deeds, Geoffrey, not their words. And he may have lied. Come, that's well thought of, Geoffrey. But we'll go hence, Dolly and I. No one shall know. Thou shalt join us later, and when thou and she are married, And he cannot take her from thee, why then maybe we'll. Oh, Geoffrey, thou wilt not betray me, thou wilt not betray her. Promise me that. I promise.
0: Daniel turns.
1: Remember, Geoffrey, thou'st promised.
0: Exit.
3: In truth, I am in a sore strait, for Sir Jasper is a man of proud blood. Who would laugh to scorn such humble love as mine? And oh, Dorothy, if thou art taken from me, why, my life may go too. And if I cannot yield thee up, how can I ask him to do so? Oh, Daniel Druse, Daniel Druse, my heart is with thine in this thing, and I'll keep thy secret, never fear.
0: Enter Reuben
4: why whom have we here in dorothy's house a whelp a very whelp cur or puppy to be beckoned to whistled to frowned at scowled at whipped with whips beaten with sticks and slapped with the flat of the hand your servant sir who are you why sir i am an old horse-soldier and yet not so very old neither but that i can wield a quarter-staff or give the cornish fling as well as another no mere trooper neither but a sergeant of orse if you please and one that hath cut his way through war's intestine as a hot knife cuts butter one who has so snipped chipped chopped slashed cut drilled and carbonated with sword with pistolet with mace with arquebus with petronel and with what not that he'd make no more of passing a rapier through that boy's body of thine than of spitting a penny herring and now sir who are you why
3: sir i am a sailor and i hate a brag
4: come come civil words young master lest we quarrel and when i quarrel sextons lay in tolling grease and grave-diggers strip to their work dost thou know this Daniel Druce? i do a comfortable old man as they tell me and one who can portion his pretty dorothy pretty dorothy and i are very good friends she listens when i talk which many won't geoffrey makes an angry gesture and talking of pretty dorothy we have here a bauble or locket or as one may say a trinket that belongeth to her i'll go bail
0: picking up locket which geoffrey dropped sir that locket is mine
4: it is very like it is very like yet for that i have but thy word I care for no man's word Na not even for mine own, for though it is as good as another's, yet it is worth nothing. If this trinket be thine, describe it with circumstance, and I will give it up to thee.
0: Enter Denir unperceived. He listens in great agitation.
3: It is fashioned like a heart, and bears an inscription to the best loved of all. And it is dated seventeen years since. It is a love token, sir, and I desire you to yield it up without further parley.
0: Reuben, who has recognized it.
4: Why, surely I should know this trinket well. From whom did you receive it?
0: Geoffrey, taking it from him.
3: That is a question that I have no will to answer. It is a token of betrothal. Let that suffice.
4: But that don't suffice do you know who i am i am bailiff to sir jasper coombe
3: sir jasper Combe.
4: ay and i recognize that locket as one that he placed about the neck of his missing daughter the very day he abandoned her come sir from whom did you receive it it is a love token a token of betrothal to whom are you betrothed
0: geoffrey much agitated
4: i
3: decline to say
0: enter dorothy at back daniel stops her and motions her to be silent they both listen together
4: shall i hazard a conjecture or guess thou art here, making free in the blacksmith's forge the blacksmith hath a daughter her name is dorothy shall we say that it is to dorothy that thou art betrothed
0: geoffrey with an effort to speak unconcernedly
3: what dorothy druce no no
0: master bailiff not dorothy druce dorothy expresses surprise and
4: pain and yet i noticed that when i spoke lightly of her thou didst start in anger "'and flush up in a fashion ridiculous to behold. "'I have the eye of a hawk.'
0: "'Geoffrey, confused.' "'Oh, uh, for that,
3: it is true that I have laughed and jested with Dorothy, "'but you know we sailors have a special licence for such love frolics. "'We mean nothing by them. "'It is said of us that we have a wife in every port. "'Well, That's a slander, but at least I'll plead guilty to a sweetheart in every village.
0: Dorothy weeps on Daniel's bosom.
4: Huh Thou art a shameless young reprobate by thy own showing. It will go hard, but Sir Jasper will elicit the truth. We shall meet again.
0: Exit Reuben. Daniel and Dorothy come forward, Daniel trembling with rage, Dorothy weeping.
1: So, Geoffrey Wynyard, the blow that is to bring me to my grave has been dealt by thine hand. The secret which was thine and mine has been revealed by thee. O oh, thief of more than hard-earned gold, O oh, slayer of more than human life, are there no laws to fit such crime as thine?
2: Father, father, heard him not.
1: Master Juice, indeed, I, I knew not thou knewest not will there be more mercy in this man's heart because thou knewest not will the last years of my poor old lonely life be
2: less desolate because thou knewest not oh father father
0: what sayest thou nay girl stop me not taking up a hammer
1: Geoffrey Winyard, there are injuries that laws can measure, and laws are made for em. There are injuries that no laws can measure, and we em um, we deal ourselves, and wreak our vengeance we our own right hands.
0: To Dorothy, who interposes
1: Stand aside, girl. I'm a weak old man, but there's devil enough in me to deal with such as him.
0: Dorothy, kneeling, holds his
2: arm no no father yield not to thy wrath he hath denied me he hath dealt lightly with my love and there's an end oh harm him not harm him not pardon him even as i
0: pardon him and let him depart in peace daniel with a violent effort to be calm ay
1: ay thou recallest me to myself he hath dealt lightly with thy love And there's an end. Heed not the words I spake. They were empty words and had no meaning. Heed them not. Geoffrey Winyard. thou hast spoken lightly of my child. Thou hast denied her who gave thee her heart. It was ill done. Quit my roof and let me see thee no more. I, I pardon thee. Go.
3: Master Juice, have pity for my tongue is tied I, I i may not speak go dorothy one word
2: hear what i have to say dorothy with an effort geoffrey thou hast denied me i love thee but thou
0: must go geoffrey goes out sadly when he has gone dorothy falls sobbing at Daniel's feet My child, my child. Music. End of Act Two.